If you're new to the podcast community and you want to start a new podcast and you're looking for a platform that is user-friendly, that has everything you need at your fingertips, that won't set any limits, that you can earn money, then I would recommend Anchor. Now, Anchor can be used basically anywhere. You could be in your car, you can be laying on the sofa in bed where you can edit, um, record, and upload. Um, You can throw in um, soundtracks. You can, I mean, everything is there for you. Now, I use it because, like, it's user-friendly and um, it is free. And I find it really easy to navigate without it being very confusing now most platforms you know before you can even try it out you need to sign up and pick a plan I like anchor because I don't have to go through any of that so I recommend it now if you really want to get into it I recommend you going to your website anchor.fm and you know signing up or you can download anchor.fm from the google store itunes um, and give it a try so don't forget to go to anchor.fm sign up and i'll see you all in podcast community to be talking about a unique subject. What exactly is it that scares us in the night? Have you ever thought about that? Like, what really scares you at night? What is it that so total, totally envelops a person in shadowy darkness? reaching through the darkest corners of your mind and pulls out the monstrosities so real, so incredibly detailed and hideous? Is it our imagination? Or is it perhaps a shred of memory, the long forgotten in the racist of the human brain? Do we all have a basic distrust for darkness? What is it that is hiding right at this very moment even more feet away from you as you squeeze your eyes shut pulling closer pulling the covers tighter to your chin tucking your feet carefully underneath the blanket so as not to be exposed to some terribly called foul demon what what could possibly be lurking outside behind the old rusty shed 
in the blanketed darkness that can't be illuminated by the low watt light bulb on your porch while you quickly and silently huff down a good old cigarette that lasts before a lit of troubled dreams. It's easy. It, its eyes are sickly yellow. Perhaps its teeth sharp as a razor. One eye dark and bloodshot. The other missing. As with the rest of the skin on its face. Claws wrapping softly against the shed as a tree branch would do. Lulling you into a false sense of security right before making its killer debut. Or maybe it's hanging above the nodding. A giant winged creature with a sharp face, long thin nose, and fangs that dipped black sludgy blood coagulated on its tongue onto your shoulder as you stand beneath. Perhaps the rustling of the leaves is more than just a rustle. Perhaps it's actually a serial murderer, perhaps dressed as a clown, ready to cleave you into two separate halves before ripping through your home, decimating anything, and more importantly, anyone in their sight. Or maybe the sound of something rolling in the, hill, the halls while you squint your blinded eyes, vaguely seeing the strange outline of something rather mundane is actually the creature unfolding itself and propelling itself quite quickly down the hall to make quick work of you and your entire family. As a seeing impaired person, Melinda felt a connection with the, light, the last statement. There had been many times, some quite recently, when her vision had played tricks on her, but lately, it was all the time. When she saw in the dark, she saw also in the light, and suddenly, she was quite sure she needed to focus to continue writing her particular set of fiction that is false on the outside, but right on the inside of her mind. It was all quite true. Fantastical monsters, perhaps not as cut and dry as your run-of-the-mill vampires and werewolves, had been a daily sight of her. She had the gift imagination. Her mother had told her dryly one afternoon where she had run outside of their home in tears and into her mother's lap to the surprise of the rest of the guests in her parents' small anniversary party. The children had been in bed hours ago, the clock rapidly reaching midnight, when Melinda had awoken feeling being watched quite intensely by the darkest shadow she had ever seen, poised readily in the corner next to her run-down vanity and a cloak cook so misplaced but without another home. She had believed as she, as a child whose vision was steadily worsening that I had one large glowing red eye and the head rather bumpy looking with a thick neck but a slender body with long arms and almost comically short bottom. Her mother and apologized to the few people who remained at so late. Her smile quick and genuine as she scooped little Melinda into her arms and carried her carefully up 13 stairs to the second floor. Melinda focused her attention on the warmth and love that radiated from her mother. The one thing her pre-adolescent mind knew to be 100% real. 
Her mother hummed a little tune under her breath, one that made Melinda feel safe, and when she arrived back into her room, she was hardly afraid anymore, until they walked in and she glimpsed the monster in the corner. Melinda let out a scream of terror, grappling for a better hold on her mother, who, taken completely by surprise, had almost toppled over with her. Marie let out a gasp, gazing fleeting at at the being in the corner before flickering the light on. Both of them stared at the coat hook, where a top hat was turned sideways, with a single gem winking brightly red. The coat that was hung beneath it was spread quite far, almost as if it had been deliberately placed there. Underneath was a squat little vanity stool, very brim, which was added short bottom to the great monster in the corner. Marie, Melinda's mother, dear mother, stated, started to laugh to the point where the point of hysteria, Melinda had joined her small, pure voice, holding a tinge of confusion, but otherwise unaware that she shared fear that had transpired. It wasn't until much later, when her mother's journals had been found that Melinda had any linking to the great terror her mother felt for the dark, and how much of it was utterly true for her as well. For years up to her mother's passing, just a year prior, she had grown up to understand that some things were just the way they were. When she, when she saw the ugly faces underneath the masks of otherwise polite people, she understood that it was almost a part of glamour that people had. They would put on the mask, pretend to care before going home and harping about just how terrible everything and everyone was. They would pretend to emphasize while mentally planning out their time off, simply nodding and shaking their head with the proper ahs and ohs nuts thrown in here and there. She also understood that people were there truest self in the dark where she herself was quite terrified of whatever nightly creature would crawl, bones popping and flesh hanging loosely, dark oozing blood and pus leaking all over her carpet its mouth open and salivating for the taste of her flesh she knew that some people would thrive on being the monster in her head feeding on her fear breathing in the acrid smell of her sweat, and she perspired profusely from terror. She knew that those monsters were quite real and thrived in the darkness. What she hadn't known until her mother died was that some of those people, the ones that she seemed to thrive in inflicting pain and misery on others, weren't doing the entirely, entirely of their own accord. Some of them, she found out, had seemed to attract the ethereal being a shadow that fed on them until it took its fill. They proceed to leave its victim empty and shell, no emotions, no feelings of attachment to humanity. Just a shell of a human without a mind to process that it was already dead. It breathed, it smiled, if if fiend emotion, but the eyes were dead. As soon after the body would begin to rot, the organs continued to work 
The brain fired and sent little messages to the body, but the overall essence that was there was now gone, digested by a shadow that only grew larger and the longer it was able to feed. So their soul, or whatever remnants were left, rotted away. Once the body was left, stripped from its soul, it began to shut down. It would deteriorate in full until its strange heart attack or sudden violent outburst which left the body dead would occur. All of this was found in her mother's journal, which she kept quite neat and as opposed to her other fictional works where she ebbed and flowed and twisted and turns and took a reader on quite a ride or just passed along the simplest messages. It also kept a very detailed record of not only all the occurrences she herself had experienced, but also those of her only daughter, Melinda. She was afraid that the shadow, which could take the form of any creature, both real and imagined, would take her only child, effectively destroying two people at once. Melinda quickly typed another paragraph, ignoring the cold tendrils of fear that curled against the back of her neck. The small fine hairs that grew there standing up, goose flesh popping all over her skin. She suppressed a shudder, her breath hitching as the room seemed to drop another five degrees. The dim flickering light of the last bulb washing her and her laptop. In an eerie yellowish light, the shadows that start that stirred in the corners seemed to mock her, leering at her from the corner of her eyes where she was able, unable to focus her vision. She thought she just she saw a jacket move on the hook next to the front door, but of course it could have been her imagination. She funneled her attention back into the confront, comforting click-clack of the keys, but before she could continue on her last paragraph, a sound reached her ears. Honed from the misfortune of having been become legally blind, the only pleasing blessing she had ever received was a spectacular hearing. Right now, she could hear the soft footfalls of someone walking through the snow toward her front door. With a renowned sense of urgency, she shook off the trepidation and allowed her fingers to fly over the keys pausing occasionally to backtrack. Her mother had passed, and while that it was a shock due to her advanced age and only 43, it was more the method of which she had passed that had first created a total dread Melinda now felt. She had died quite literally a fright. Her heart and stopped, and she officially, the official ruling would be a heart attack, but the utter look a fear on her face, the way her mouth had twisted into silent scream, her eyes wide and frozen, had told her that each and every entry in her journals had been true, or at least enough to become reality. Melinda quickly finished, hurriedly sending the, the link, just as the piece of technology crashed. The screen went blank. No, it went dark. There was no hint of light in the background indicating it had just closed out and was waiting to restart. This was the utter deadness, and just 
as the bang of a monstrous hand resonated against her oak door. The light bulb blew, leaving the room in total darkness. She threw herself back, scrambling to find the flashlight she kept close to her at all times, and only succeeded in knocking her head against the desk corner. Dazed and more than a little confused, she squinted at the figures that swarmed before her. Long and quite symmetrical, she realized with a start that she could smell blood and could hear a faint whisper of their shadowy shelves moving forward, reaching out to gasp, grasp her and pull her to them to commit some strange atrocity, or perhaps just to suck the fear out of her until she's no more than a husk, empty and dull. <clears throat> she screamed the sound guttural and raw, and she pushed herself back and scrambled to the for purchase of the 13 stairs that led to the second floor where her bathroom was. She had planned to face her darkness, to try to defeat it, to maybe control it in any way, but it was with little to no surprise that she realized it was not impossible. Her hand left a slick trail of, on the banister as she stumbled up the stairs, tripping on the second to the last stair. She felt claws close around her ankle, biting in and snicker and growl from behind her, yanking herself up. The creature let go, almost as if it hadn't thought she would attempt to escape. And for a moment, Melinda thought she felt an understanding. Before she could dwell on that, a loud pounding of the door sent her to the bathroom, where she flickered the fluorescent lights that blazed across her sweat-silked skin over a thin coat of blood that dripped steadily down her left eye. She swiped her hand across it, belatedly realizing that this may have been the blood she had smelled. She closed her eyes, chest heaving, as the monster outside banged against the door hard enough to knock it inwards. Crashing into the glass case that had belonged to her Marie, she heard a shatter and then a thud of steps. She looked up clearly at the door to the bathroom was yanked open and she was dragged out by the great blobs of black obscuring the bright light but not dissipating as she originally thought they would. She found the effort great as she felt the heavy weakness overtake her body, her eyelids dropped, and those slitted eyes, she thought she could see pale faces etched in shock. Her frown deep, deepened momentarily before she slid blissfully into dream, dreamless sleep, from which she would wake and remember very little. What Melinda didn't know, and would possibly never know, was that she suffered from an illness one that turned being, benign beings into monsters, that had whispered great untruths into her ear daily, causing hallucinations that felt real as she acted upon them. What she thought that had been her mother's death due to shadows had actually been the murder of Marie by Melinda herself. Melinda was a shadow, had perhaps made a plausible reason for her descent into madness to make herself feel less ashamed less aware of the slow rot of her own brain that had wedged her soul into insanity. The last thing Melinda ever saw later was the greatest ending of the story she started long ago. Always on the edge of her brain, obscured by the amnesia that had quickly set the following days after she had been detained 
for the murder of Marie Henderson and later on the murder of Derek Henderson. The brothers, the brother Melinda's mind effectively washed away as if he had never existed. As the needle edged closer to her skin, she could see the wink of a red eye and she was dimly aware of the being unfolded itself. Its top half quite hefty moved along the bottom quite funny. As the needle pressed in, a cool numbness enveloped her as a shadow with the winking eye enveloped into enveloped her in its arms. She smiled then, a small smile of a child, as she felt, for the first time in years, quite safe and loved. Forever embraced by the darkness from which she would never know will lurk beyond. crazy this is like a kind of a mind um story plays with your mind you think it's you think it's one thing and then it turns out to be something totally different what do you think about the story interesting not interesting yay nay don't forget to like subscribe and share the podcast um by doing so, it helps the numbers in across all the boards. If you have any stories, any ideas, go ahead, shoot me an email. Follow us on our social media and um, take it easy. Be safe and uh, happy new year.